Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Mud RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carey, and today I'm joined by Adam Sink. What up? What's up, everyone? Adam Sink still here. What up, player? I am still here. Can't get rid of me. Can't get rid of Adam like Sink. Not that I'd want to. You need some antibiotics. No, I gotta get the antibiotics. Anyway, all right. So, and then we also are joined by Richie Buzzkill. What up, Richie Buzzkill? How you doing? Running all over the place today. So you, you killing buzzes, bro? I've been killing buzzes all day. Oh yeah, I yeah. Need to be all day, all week. Like putting a later. drill through through a side of a computer case. Yeah, so. I saw you do that on Instagram. That was real weird. It was. It <laughs> was like it's very disturbing. Did you see it? No. There's a little video. Oh, did, was, he put, was, did he add it to his story? It was no. Uh, I don't add. To, I don't add things to stories because uh, okay. Because I don't get no, I don't get notified unless you add it to a story. And then right. it's like your friend Richie Buzzkill. That's fucking weird. Why do you have story notifications? I don't know. It does. Right. Just does it. All I don't right. really care. I have to okay. go turn that off. But okay. no, I was I was trying to get an SSD inside of a inside of a computer, and the pattern was not correct, so I had to take a drill to it. I thought they they looked like they were screaming already, so I had to make some sound effects. Yeah, it was disturbing. It was yeah. great. It was great. So uh, how's everybody doing? Are we doing all right? Yeah. Doing all right. Welcome back to another brand new fucking episode of Full Metal RPG. Here we are doing this again. 76 episodes. Oh my God. I'm starting to feel old. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, so I think we should dispense with the bullshit small talk and get right to it. What do you Tear think? Get right into it. Sure. Let's rip okay. this thing apart. Okay, so let's start with uh, what did we play? What did we play, motherfuckers? Well, I played in uh, Zoss Arcala game ran by Adam. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. God. <laughs> I there's ran Zoss Arcala. There's a lot of inbreeding here. Because yeah. I played in a game Adam ran too. So we're gonna we're obviously going to be like really, we're just really going to be on top of this shit. So why don't you guys talk about Zoss? How'd that go? Um, I, I, I think the descriptions were really well wrought from Adam that that's his strong suit. <laughs> oh, lol. And, and I felt like the labyrinth was a little bit on the rails, but that was my kind of like, I didn't I mean, know. it's a labyrinth, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a labyrinth, but it didn't feel like a labyrinth. I didn't There's not lost. really a lot of choice. It's you go to this room, then to this room, then to this room. And so it's, it's very linear in how it's presented. I think if I run Zaz again, I'll probably shorten it. And then kind of throw everyone out into the world and give them the actual world experience a little bit so they can kind of go out and deal with all of the residents of Zoss, like all the weird cannibals and slavers. And well, wasn't James, weren't, we, weren't, weren't you just talking to James online about this on Insta? Somebody else was. Because uh, Henry, the homie Henry Gamma Valley was, uh, was talking about he ran... He ran Zoss for some people, and he shortened it way down mm-hmm. for the one shot so people could get out there. Right. And then James came on, and he said that he, uh, when he's doing con shows and stuff, that he does the same thing. Yeah, he, it he seemed like a, a, a hot take when he said that, and I was like, that that seems like a really good idea. And I think I will use that going forward, because sure. Labyrinth definitely gets... It's very grimdark and very, well, yeah. very difficult. Well, and then one of the players is just like, I'm not going any further in this labyrinth i'm just gonna sit down and wait to die someone said that <laughs> yeah literally. Will, who said that will sat down and was going i'm not going which to. ones which oh oh that's uh the, the new the new gentleman yeah one of the new guys and he's like he, he was not willing to climb the, to he was not willing to climb the rope that was hooked <laughs> to his loved one that like <laughs> oh, <laughs> eviscerates that's them that's so that's so brutal and so he just said i'm gonna sit down and wait to die and then he's kind of sitting watching us all play and i was like well you, the, your loved one is didn't die so they're with the group do you and so eventually he took over that character for a little bit well and that might have been one of the more interesting characters because he didn't have the dual memories because he was yeah, brought or the psychic there, link so. with the other players so so interesting but, but yeah i i thought it was uh i thought this you know the setting is incredible the the my character being like i i immediately took like 25 doom so i had a 25 percent chance of dying when i when things went wrong nice yeah, when your stress uh, got like, high enough yep. yeah i got like wings and bulky and i, I basically made myself a demon already like <laughs> wow that's yeah. interesting that's an interesting take and, and uh and i was my stomach was pretty upset after the body horror i don't know why yeah it's gross <laughs> it's a gross uh it's a gross game that uh, intestine room area really uh turns everybody off to a certain degree and it's there's all of the weird um, kind of sexual horror that occurs before it with the 
that room, the harem room. And that the we kind of noped out of. <laughs> you guys kind of noped out of that and everything. But that, for whatever reason, that body horror room just really like twists everyone's well, I mean, I don't guts. know why you guys call it the body horror room. I feel like it's all body horror. It's just, I mean, that's just the fecal room. Yeah, there's a bunch, right. of, there's yeah, a bunch yeah. of fecal horror in yeah, there. Well, it's like it's, fucking. It's like an intestine thing. It's gross. Intestinal shoot and then the brain thing. And, it's yeah. fucking gross as fuck. Anyway, um. So you've run that a couple times now, that uh, scenario. How did it compare to when you ran it in L.A.? It's still every bit as as grim and deranged and dark uh, and and off-putting as it's ever been. So, you know, the more you interact with it, the more you kind of get a sense of, okay, these are the the beats and these are the the things you kind of want to hammer on and just the queasiness of the whole setting. And it's definitely one of those games where have the X card out. We X card. We did use the X card. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that yesterday. Yeah. So we had to use the X card. And so that is very important when you're playing that game to have that out and ready and explain to everybody what it is so that they understand and can use it. It's definitely a unique role-playing experience. For sure. Oh, yeah. The baby eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 the baby eating got nixed. (laughs) Very, very quick. Almost instantaneously. Cool. So what else do we play? You play anything else, Richard? No, I no, haven't Adam. Played. So you played. This is kind of going to be kind of some kind of interesting shit here. Yes. So you actually played in a Twitch game, is that right? I did. I played in a Twitch TV game with our good friends on the other side of the valley, the Dice Ministry. Dice Ministry. What up, Dice Ministry? How you guys doing? So check out Twitch TV. Look for Dice Ministry, and it's the Angels Hallow game. It was Monster of the Week set in the Old West. I played a. Southern Baptist preacher named Reverend Jebediah Sawyer. So it's basically just me yelling Bible quotes at people for a good solid few hours as they grow increasingly terrified. Oh, yeah. So uh, are they inviting you back or what? Uh, <laughs> I, I, will, I, I believe I will be invited. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. That's a hot take. So That's we, a hot take. I, I think that they had a good time with that. One of the people did say I... I love and hate Jebediah. So that was their their comment to me. So um so Dice Ministry, they usually do D and D, right? But they They do a lot of D and D, yes, but they also do one shots and the one shots tend to be Monster of the Week as That's interesting. Why Monster of the Week? Uh I think because it's one of the ones that the gentleman who runs it likes to run. Oh, okay. Um, is kind of my take on it because they sure. I, I think they've run I can't say they typically do my I they've done Monster of the Week as a one shot before. Okay. So it may just be, and it's a game that lends itself to one shots, and we'll be reviewing it later and kind of talking about it. Yeah, I feel like well. there's a lot of there's a lot of Monster of the Week in the air right now. Yes, so. there is because I also ran Monster of the Week at Game Club on Friday, and I played in that, and we you all come full circle. Burp, 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 yep. it comes full circle. So, it's how'd that go? It went well. Before we get to that, like, let's just give you know, me how how was the plot and everything on the Dice Ministry Twitch? How was it? Did the it plot feel, was, it, fun. was it fun. So there was a there's this demon thing. We were sent to investigate it, and we you know come in on a wagon or a, like a coach or whatever, and you know there was something that had been ripped in half. So we kind of spent some time looking at that. Then we spent some time wandering around this old west town, asking people questions, and then they wanted to go in the saloon, and they were talking to this character in there and i just was like i I get up and i walk out kind of like you did in my my game where it was i i cannot deal with the shenaniganry that's happening right now so i'm just gonna split the party and go wander off that way and (laughs) yeah so i went off and talked to the preacher in the local church while they stayed behind and did some gambling and drinking and then we had to fight some demons and it went really well it was it was fun i had a good time uh how did you how did you feel about interacting with the system as a player, Monster of the Week is highly heroic and gives you, as a player, a lot of tools. Running it is difficult because of that. Yeah. Because the players have so much at their disposal and so many powerful tools at their disposal that they can really kind of completely upend what you're doing at any given time. So let's kind of segue then. Uh, so then... You knew that you were going to be reviewing Monster of the Week. Right, so I wanted to run it. So you wanted I to have find run I it. learn a lot about a game by running it. And so you I, had played it, and then you ran it. Right. And how did that go? Tell us about that. Running it was interesting. We ended up... The story that I was running with was there was a small town in the Midwest, Smithfield, and some teenagers had gone missing at the local high school, and the group was coming in to find out what had happened why were the teenagers missing? Um, 
spoilers it's where spiders there was a where spider and she had made a layer in the boiler room of the school where she had webbed up uh captain of the football team she was a cheerleader at the school a rival cheerleader and then uh you and the cheerleaders man captain of the chess team (laughs) fucking cheerleaders are like have been these cheerleader antagonists are like a fixture of like adam games for seriously like the last 20 years Like megan's body too there was a cheerleader in that one it's a common feature of the genre i'm not saying i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying that like the evil cheerleaders have an awful lot of trauma from cheerleaders and i'm just just saying there's this jungian archetype of the mean cheerleader that shows up in your games it's just really interesting (laughs) because i'm i richard you ever run a mean cheerleader no so neither the story in this one was (laughs) i uh if you guys had bothered to investigate, what the fuck? Okay, okay, bro. Okay, bro. I was right. upending the idea we're, we're of monster to... of the week because the captain of the football team was a date rapist. The the other cheerleader she webbed up down there had worked with the nerd guy to basically get access to her private photos and then blackmail her with them. And then the science teacher guy was a pedo she, or a guy that she met online and had lured in. So basically she was pulling people in off of the internet and feeding on them as this giant spider. I, so the whole idea was who's the real monster well, here? I was, is she the monster or is it all of the, you know, that's all fine. I'm not, I'm not bagging on it. You know, there was obviously, there was obviously more we were supposed to do. It was my whole did. M. Night Shyamalan, what a twist, you know, what? but then no one ever found out about any of oh, that. Oh, no, so it didn't no, matter. Because, was, because the investigating quote unquote part that went on was very minimal and mostly got kind of sidetracked with hijinkery. You know, the like investigating of, essentially boiled down to somebody going, I have this power called premonition. I'm going to roll it. I got a 10 what do I see? And I said, well, you're in like a warm, dark room. There's spider webs and there's bodies hanging there. And then everybody goes, Oh, they're in a boiler room at the high school. <laughs> Cause it's the Midwest. Oh yeah. And, and I went, cool. That was fun. I wasn't in the room when they had the premonition. So when the guy goes, let's go to the boiler room. I thought we were just going to hide there from the yeah. cops. I didn't realize that we were going to the final boss or else I never would have fucking like agreed to it because Adam stated very clearly in the front end that like you cannot defeat the monster at the end unless you've unless investigated you know it comprehensively and you've learned its weaknesses. And right. I was like, we ain't done shit of that. We ain't done right. nothing. And, so did uh, you guys win? They no. rescued no. The, the answer is no. Teenagers. They rescued the teenagers she had captured as food for her giant sack of babies, which Brendan was going in and punching my sack. He he, uh, he said it was a writhing sack. Right. And I was like, <laughs> 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 I'm writhing sack. And I and my, my, my mystical weapon was a gauntlet, and so I punched Adam's writhing sack in front of everybody, and then but nobody got it. I was all like, I punched the writhing sack, and nobody, there wasn't a single giggle. It was just like, all right. What? So you punched uh, the sack, right, and then... That and then the one guy banished the divine banished all the spiders. He just had a power that's like, oh, I can banish all these things, so I'll banish them. They're all gone, so threat gone. Then there was there spoiler. There's two wear spiders: the girl and her mom, because it's a genetic thing. The mom grabbed Perry's mundane, and the girl grabbed your uh, chosen. Yeah. And she and you never learned either of their names. Even like there was never even a we learned their names. The mom's name was Karen. The daughter's name was Cassie, by the way. And <laughs> so very, the daughter carried very, you off. And then Perry, Perry said, oh, I have a thing that I can just escape. It's called panic button. So I escape. Cool. I escaped the monster. And I was like, oh, all right. That was neat. And then they webbed you up in a basement somewhere. And then the party had to come rescue. And they ran away. Yeah. The end. Yeah, the end. Mm. The end. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can get to that when we discuss the, when you do the, your review. It'd be more yeah. interesting, kind but of. But Adam's weird bit. cheerleader. I don't know what do you want to call it. Fetishization. Fed, fetish. Fetish. Sure. Is really fetish. the word I'm yeah. inclined to use. So Adam's weird cheerleader fetish did come up again, but now it's never going to come up again because I'm going to be subconscious. <laughs> I'm going to be like self conscious about it. I'll be like, there's no cheerleaders in this game, dude. I'm certain that yeah, there was like a werewolf game that you ran that had cheerleaders. There's this this uh I don't remember this, uh, that the at blonde all. Like, when you were when you were describing the blonde cheerleader in the in the in the thing, I was like, man. I haven't seen this. It's the 90s were so long ago, Adam. What is with Adam? What's still, his problem? Still on the blonde So anyway, Adam has a type. Huh? 
<laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> it's all right. It's sorry. Your leaders that turn into man-eating spiders. Well, I mean, yeah. There's no symbolism there. Yeah. That's not a metaphor. Yeah, not a, <laughs> guys. I should not go to therapy for that. Not a metaphor, guys. Nope. Um. Anyway, so I played a game. Uh, well, I was at Gen Con, and it was uh, it's the only game I played at Gen Con. So you know, I guess that's kind of a story in and of itself. But uh, I only played one game at Gen Con, and it was an off the books game that I played with uh, the Make Believe Games crew. Uh, it was run by uh, our friend John Bonner, uh, and then who played in it? C. A. Suleiman played in it. Uh, Mark Kelly, uh, a gentleman named Rex, who I just I just met. It was he's a, he's a he's an old school game guy, and uh, um, our friend Cody or Alford played in it. And so I got to play uh, Unspeakable, Sigil and Sign, the third Axiom game uh, coming out. And, I backed uh, that on Kickstarter. It was, uh, it was a prototype, and I got to play that. We all played Cultists, uh, running around and mixing it up. And, it, you know, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun hanging out with my friends. It was kind of... Um, I, I, I feel like we couldn't help but have like a little bit of a beer and pretzels kind of vibe to it. Like Cody, you and I were definitely drinking beers, although there were no pretzels available. And um, and uh, we were kind of like exploring the system and kind of getting a sense of like what the die rolls were like, which were very interesting, very interesting. It was the first time I've played Axiom. I know I've talked a lot about Axiom on this show, but it was the first time I've played it. Um, and then, you know, I because I, I can't, I can't, I don't know, I can't do anything right i just was like oh my character is like part deep one i'm gonna start like fucking deep ones like right in the middle of this <laughs> I made, <laughs> I like, and, and they, they kept telling me they kept looking at me they're like dude it's like unbelievably painful to fuck a deep one i'm like awesome awesome <laughs> i love it i love how painful and horrible it is and they're all just like <laughs> like, like brendan also has a like, type so. like you're incorrigible yeah you. what is it with you and fucking deep ones that's not oh. the first time that's come up either is is it it's not are you sure pretty sure you've done that before <laughs> fuck deep ones yeah. I, well i know i've definitely fucked a bunch of shitting games <laughs> i'm that guy whenever they're like whenever they're all like when people are like making fun of problematic players and they're like that guy who like tries to fuck the npcs that's silly me i've done that so many times remember that time you were running that DD game and there was like and i was like i think i was playing a bard which is like now this like meme oh, like yeah. a funny meme oh the bard's trying to fuck things and i was like playing a bard and, I, and we went to the to the elf city remember yeah and yeah. i was like and i was all like getting all weird i was like i don't make a charisma check anyway right. it was the eladrin city eh, but yeah oh, you uh, went to the eladrin city and you were trying to bone one of the eladrin princesses and i was uh, kind of like as you I, are so far beneath her as i recall i succeeded i think you did i think uh, you rolled well and i was like whatever yeah fine yeah, you yeah, can five have per- sex in, with the eladrin princess in D, there's a five percent chance of anything happening i don't know if you guys know this but <laughs> they're me, trying to tell you sideways by me, the way. memes have told us this but, hey, i don't know, know if you knew that about the eladrin freaky dickies need love too yeah. adam freaky dickies just saying need love too sideways um so yeah i played uh, that's what i played i played sigil and sign because hmm. nice. uh, I, I i didn't resign for any games when i went and oh you know what? i did play one more thing but I'll, we'll talk about that i we, we're gonna do a little ravenous design diary here sort of a little bit later so i did i did get to play ravenous a couple times with hey, uh, you ran it right yeah i ran it i fuck how did i forget about that man i ran ravenous a couple times for different groups so um yeah but I didn't get to play anything else at Gen Con. So, did we buy anything? Yeah, who's collecting? Who's collecting? You were at Gen Con. You oh, probably shit. bought stuff. Yeah, I've been talking for a while. Did you buy anything, uh, Richard? What did you get? I, I bought the uh, the PDF of the Cyberpunk uh, Red Jumpstart uh, kit because I could not. Uh, my mule failed to get it for me. So, dude, it was really hard to get. Yeah, it was very difficult to so, get. So I won't be able to comment on the quality of the dice or the paper or anything else. I've just got some lousy printouts, but I've read through most of it. So, and, and how do you find it? I'm I'm uh, I'm very positive on it. I haven't run it yet, so I kind of try to run it. Uh, run, run it. it put a review together yeah, for us, buddy. Oh, yeah, when yeah. you gonna run it? kind of want to run it really soon uh, if I you should fucking bring do it to that. game club run it and then put a review together and let okay us know yeah because that's kind of what i want to do because i feel like it's not it's it's it is an evolutionary step from 2020 i don't remember much about v3 i think they mostly yeah, just kind of forgot, forgot i remember about the V3. dolls yeah the doll artwork is all i remember because i remember looking at it and going this was a very bad design choice yeah the less said about that the, the better right so I I, I uh, really like it. I think at least the, the 
whether these are highly simplified rules, but they fix net running, I think, quite a bit. That's really interesting because uh, when I was there, I was standing at the booth while because they had a, a, a lavish display of beautiful miniatures that are getting ready to come out mm. that, uh, that I was very excited about, and I wanted to talk about the miniatures. And um, while I was waiting, one of these guys was kind of like sh- going through the box and showing it to this like grognardy guy who was like, I hope you, I mean, he literally said, I hope you didn't change too much. And it was like this, it was like this big dude who looked like he managed the Android's dungeon. He had like pure white hair and like a long ponytail and a Guess big what, beard. Guess what, dude? You can still buy 2020. I hope you didn't change demand. too much. It's print on demand. You can still buy like, it. Dude, they had it all there. Yeah, the whole stack, everything is like right there on the was, table. Yeah, like, go buy it right that. there on like, the table. Which blows me away too because yeah. I see print on demand and like use books, or I see the, Cyberpunk 2020 and used bookstores and I got price tag at like $90 no, on it. I'm going, it's POD. They don't understand what I it is. I think that might have been why I got a really good deal at Bookman's because I sold him one of my Night City books. Ah. But, but, but I didn't I didn't, I didn't. ask what their itemized was. Oh, don't. Never, <laughs> never, like, never. Yeah. I got. I accidentally got a second Night City when I ordered one. We, we, so. we, we get taken advantage of so often that every so often the pendulum swings the other way sure, and we get absolutely. to, I mean, hashtag half price books. Anyway. But um, as, a, as a big fan, I'm, I'm really happy with what I've seen so far it's good okay. well that's good yeah um uh good i'm very happy to hear that uh ain't buy anything else no adam have you purchased about the warhammer fantasy replace starter box oh neat how is that it's cool comes with some maps some pre-made characters and then a little you know location city book thing and neat. A adventure that you can run so i'm looking forward to getting into that and taking it apart because i wanted to run Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and I was like, well, the easiest way to do that is probably to start with Starterbox. It worked for Wrath and Glory. It'll probably work for this pretty well. Sure. It's Cubicle 7, so it's a quality product. It looks really nice. Yeah. The dice are great. The maps are great. Everything's really high quality. I'm yeah, pretty I'm pleased with seven. it. And then I bought Crossfire. <laughs> okay. Greatest board game. Or one of the greatest board games <laughs> yeah. of all time. I love Crossfire. So and, uh, I found it on clearance. Oh, at Target? Yeah, For so how it was much? on clearance. It was half off. So well, yeah, how much like is that? 15 bucks or oh, something Oh, that's like fucking that? ridiculous. Is, are there more there? Uh, I don't know. There was the one. I can take a look next time I'm no, there. No, no. I mean, there's one over here. I'm, but yeah, I, I, gra- I, gra- I grabbed one from there. there for half off, and I was like, hey, cool. I got Crossfire. Sweet. Now I own Crossfire. So Did, wow. did it come with satin jackets and matching headbands? You don't need satin jackets. We need sleeveless to, t-shirts. Yeah, sleeveless t-shirts. Sleeveless okay. t-shirts and a headband. We need to get yeah. that together. And you basically to, have to dress like the Frog Brothers. And right. Play we, that need game. To, we need to throw down on Crossfire and have a Crossfire tournament. Crossfire tournament, like... Yeah, so you're gonna get caught up. Yeah, I do. In, in, that, in that world, that world, yeah. the, you're gonna get that little blister on your finger. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Right? How that thing yeah. was a pain in the ass. I don't know. Maybe with adult, strong yeah. adult hands, it won't be as right. bad. Maybe we'll start playing. We'll be like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. This is so dumb. We have to make a bigger version of it just to make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, with like like these like really hard to pull springs, with like yeah. half half inch ball bearings instead of little BBs. <laughs> So we can just kill each other? That's well. right. That's right. It's a dangerous game. Well, okay. So I bought a bit, butt ton of shit. I've got a butt ton of shit. Um, so was, hold on to your butts, everybody. This is going to take a minute. All right. So uh, a Kickstarter that I backed came through. I got my copy of Girl Underground from the uh, Zine Quest thing that happened uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, this is a uh, PBTA game by... Uh, Lauren McManaman and Jesse Ross, and it's a uh, it's about like um like a girl who's like traveling through like a surrealistic fantasy world, and she has companions, and uh, it's a PBTA game that does that, so that's super rad, and it's like fucking beautiful. The little zine version of it is like so fucking beautiful. I'm really happy that I got it. Uh, while I was at Gen Con, I picked up the Magpie Ash Cans for Rapscallion by Whistler. And that is about you're like um, members of a pirate crew and you're out on the sea and then like shit's starting to get weird. Like there's like monsters and there's like cultists maybe on board and you're being pursued and so shit's shit's going bad. Uh, I picked up Passing uh, by Sarah Sam Saltiel and that is like where you're like an alien and you're like undercover after um, your your ship has gone down. Um, and you're like trying to pass as human in like 1950s domesticated America, like nuclear family. A little shit. Stepford Wives, a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know about Stepford Wives. Maybe like a little bit like Mad Men meets oh, Roswell. Nice. Maybe I'm thinking. I'm thinking you could probably do it that way. Sure. Um, then uh, 
my big purchase for the con was um, Mutant Year Zero Elysium uh, from Free League, which I was really excited was there because I knew that the uh, I knew that the Kickstarter was delivering, and then they had it, and they had the cards. They were at a dice. Like I showed up there on like Thursday morning, they were at a dice, and apparently their distributor had like screwed them over on like delivering the dice, and they had like five sets. They were all gone already, so I'm still waiting on when the dice come out, but. Man, that Elysium game looks fucking hot. And I, when I, I got back to the hotel and started flipping through it, and I was just like, oh, man, this game's going to be really fun to run. Um, I picked up uh, Monster Hearts 2 by Avery Alder. That's another PBTA game. And this is, like, one of those classic PBTA games that everybody, like, everybody, like loves, and you kind of got to understand it, know it if you're going to be in that PBTA space. And since I am kind of in that PBTA space, PBTA space with what I'm writing, I was like, well, I gotta fucking read this book. And it was really worthwhile to read it. Like, I read it on the plane coming back. And, like, right away, I started learning stuff. One of the things I learned is that she has a playbook that had the same name as one of my playbooks. So, oh, Ch- change that right away. Um, then uh, I picked up Never Going Home by Brandon K. Atten and uh, Michael Orr. That was a Kickstarter release, and I had wanted to be in it on the Kickstarter, but I had been kind of skinned at that point, so I uh, passed on it. But then uh, our buddy at the gaming club, uh, Steven, had posted on Instagram that he had gotten it, and I was like, fuck yeah. So I picked one up there. It was very it was very accessible. So that's from Wet Ink Games. That's about, like, um, uh, World War One. It's, like, an occult World War One, and... Uh, our friend Codier has some words in it too, so um, if you're a fan, yeah, kind of, of Codier, a Wraith the Great War vibe to it when I was looking through it. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I can see that. I mean, I think it's going to considering the subject matter. Right. Um, and then I had I actually got a couple gifts. I had some people send me some gifts. So uh, our friend and friend of the show, DM Zemo, sent me a copy of the Burning Wheel Gold Edition Revised, and that's nice. by. Uh, Luke Crane, Dan Abram, and then many other people have worked on it subsequently. Um, I haven't had a chance to crack that yet or really take it in, but like that's definitely like one of those games in terms of like the crunch game world. You kind of got to know something about it, and so I'm really happy to have it. And then our friend uh, Chris Hatcher actually just just yesterday gifted me with a copy of uh, Bakto's Terrifying Cuisine, which is a, like a one-page dungeon where you are... Uh, trying to find the ingredients for this demon to like make some food in this dungeon and then the whole dungeon's in one page so and that's very cool very very cool so that's all the shit that i got it will not be that in depth next time kids because that was fuck man that was gen con that's gen con but i gotta say i mean really this is like a pretty chill gen con right i mean like there's like one thing on here that was like 40 bucks and then everything else was like you know 20 dollars or less with i think the median uh, being like about ten, ten, fifteen dollars. So yeah, yeah, that's that. That was that. And the last thing I got was my super cool Jared Cocaine miniature. We got Jared Cocaine Richie miniatures. Buzzkill 3D printed for me. Yeah, man. Richie Richie Buzzkill designed some fucking Jared Cocaine minis, it's guys. It's rad. So, so we'll have to put that up on Instagram. Yeah, so I have see I have some pictures. Uh, we'll put those up. Uh, it's it's been one of those things that was just like a, a like just a bolt from the sky like wait i have the power to do this let's do this so, yeah that's right. and, and yeah. we might we're that's gonna so we're, cool. we're gonna figure out a way to get these out in the world because there's five more sitting on the table and there may be more that i mean there's many as i can have resin so that's right uh, so making th- the dream happen yeah we had talked about making sure that our patrons got those yeah patrons i think that's level. definitely the and way so, we're gonna go with that but, awesome so. That's really awesome. So if you guys are fans of Jerry Cocaine and his many, many, many adventures, and you want to represent Jerry Cocaine on the um, tabletop, we have a actual miniature coming to you soon. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll like I I, I really want to write up some wild in the street stats for him. So that I think that would be perfect. So that he can go out there and battle your crust punks. It's like and the only <laughs> one with a gun, though. Yeah, well, I mean, there's much with knives. Everybody's mm, got knives. That's true, so. I guess. Well, I mean, he's like a one-man squad. Like it's yeah. one, one, one against all against Jared. Oh, dude! Right? So yeah. he's like, yeah. he has to have. A, he's a little over OP, but yeah. that's no just survivors. You no should, survivors. you should be able to play like a five-player game. Everybody else has like two hundred-point armies, and then he ha- Then you just play Jared Cocaine. Right. That's it. There you go. And he just wins. I feel like that's that's a thing we could do. Yeah, well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Uh, I was kind of wanting to do like a Gen Con recap um, 
feel like I've been talking a while already. It wasn't. This was kind of a weird Gen Con. I I, I don't know. It was just. It was not. Uh, it was not my favorite Gen Con in a certain way. Uh, it was like the year of the cutbacks, man. It was strange. The White Wolf booth, and I'm using air quotes, like you could walk right past it and you wouldn't know it was the White Wolf booth. There was one dude there who was a recognizable White Wolfer and the rest of it was all people who Paradox had staffed and they were demoing literally, I kid you not, there was not a single role-playing game to be seen at the White Wolf booth. It was all board games. Wow. Five board games. Five board games, two of them vampire branded everything else other other ip branded uh if you wanted white wolf role-playing games if you wanted to buy vampire to go to the modiphius booth and that was basically just for selling there wasn't like devs standing there talking to you trying to hang out or anything uh i don't remember seeing an onyx path booth it all their like, st- all their stuff was at uh indie press, indie Rev. press revolution yeah and so you know um jeff Jeffrey Goldstein went there and picked some shit up, but it wasn't like there was a bunch of OPP like uh, staffers lurking around there either. So it was, I mean, this is like the cutbacks, the rollback from where they had been two years ago and where they were last year was just absolutely huge. I mean, it was like the silence coming out of them was deafening. I think it says everything about kind of like where they're at. You know, this this look that you're making right now, Adam, on your face is pretty much how I felt like witnessing this this horror. Um then uh oh my god, the Malifo booth. <laughs> oh, did those guys get punched in the nuts? Oh my god. Uh you know how the Malifo booth is usually this like huge it's massive sprawling right, with all thing. Of the giant yeah. sculptures and, and they, statues they, or they, they build it to look like you're in a graveyard and there's like these trees and there's all this wrought iron and it's like you're kind of in like some spooky cartoon graveyard like Nightmare Before Christmas kids and then there's all this Malifaux shit everywhere and this year it was like a little tiny booth that had some Malifaux stuff on a shelf and there were some guys there in in uh in uh polo shirts that would sell it to you and that was it i mean seriously it's crazy compared to past years you could drop their whole booth into this room and you'd have this room it was it was nuts um yeah so it was i I don't know man it was i mean pathfinder basically like um uh moved their uh their footprint over to what opp and white wolf had like abandoned and the Pathfinder booth was just like this sprawling fucking like rat maze of people buying Pathfinder 2, which it didn't ever seem like there was like those crazy lines of like, oh, you got to wait an hour to get Pathfinder 2, like except maybe on Thursday, you know, um, but it did look like they moved a fucking shit ton of those books. Yeah, because in years past, like the Pathfinder booth has had a line. Like, yeah. You had to stand in a line. And and there was a person with a sign. Yeah. This Pathfinder line Them, starts Fantasy here. Flight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sometimes Fantasy cool Flight. Mini had a line. Dude, Fantasy Flight did this like fucking crazy thing this year that was like just so roll inducing. They didn't have a booth that you could go into and walk around. They built. They took their whole booth and they built it into a warehouse with a uh, customer service portal. And then the whole rest of it was a rat maze. And when you walked up to the front of the rat maze, there was a guy and he handed you a laminated like brochure and he said this is what he says to you he goes would you like to see a menu and then you, as you're in the rat maze you can look through the quote unquote menu of all the shit you want to buy and then when you get up to the front you just tell them and they go in the back and they get it for you it was just like it was just i mean it was so antiseptic and not fun well that's and i and, and i had to stand in that line because of jeffrey jeffrey yeah, because that's just a little bit different than because it used to be it was a rat maze, but then you got there was to a walk, glass case. Then you that got you to walk see the stuff. You could then you got to walk through like an area, and then yeah. it was checkout. But now, wow, that yeah. is really I mean, like, yeah, why man. even have a booth at that point, dude? I, yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing, the whole all the proceedings just felt very low key this year. Just things just felt really low key, except but, for Artelsorian, right? They've oh, instead well, of being at one table, they're you know they have a booth. <laughs> our, yeah, like Artelsorian was obviously on a come up. Then there were certain people who were on a come up, and it's just kind of interesting seeing how these things ebb and flow. I ran into a listener, David Larkins, at um at the at the uh, Call Clue booth, and like uh, the homie um, Alex was there picking up some Call of Cthulhu, and uh, I had seen that David uh, had had reported that Berlin that uh, Chron- I was about to say Chronicles of Darkness that uh, Call of Cthulhu Berlin had sold out. 
and then he was talking to uh, Alex, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend you to buy uh, Berlin, except uh, it sold out already. And I was like, oh, shit, are you David Larkins? Uh, I'm Brendan. And he goes like, oh, yeah, I recognized your voice. And I was like, I was like oh, that's fucking cool right. and kind of weird. You know, it was like a fun, that was a fun encounter. But what up, David? How you doing, bro? It's good running into you, man. So we're going to try and have him on the show, and I'm actually kind of uh, encouraging him to come out to RinCon nice. in October. Mm. Uh, because that's the old Tucson it is. con and, uh, I'm making an effort to be down there this year. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody have any questions about Gen Con? Do you guys have any, would you like to ask me some questions about Gen Con guys? I could answer How them How was you. the, the games workshop booth? Oh, it was, it was really terrible. Was it? Yeah. They had Usually done, is. they had done, oh yeah, but it was, it was so bad this year. Like, first of all, it had, they had, they had more footprint than they had in previous years, but what they had done is they had spun it off into demos of Warcry mm. and then a huge, a huge area for playing their card game, the oh. Age of Sigmar card game. All right. Uh, and then, and then they had no Forge World. It was basically like you walked into half of a GW store and they were like, here's like some paints and here's like some toys you can buy. Oh, oh, it's Saturday. Here's Warcry. Buy Warcry. And I was like, cool. and, and, you know, and like uh, Alex was there. He's like, hey, you going to buy Warcry right now? You going to buy Warcry? I'm like, dude, it's 175 bucks. I'm not going to fucking buy Warcry right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as much as I want to, right. like, didn't, fuck. Didn't Forge World start to have their own booth? Because I thought I saw that last well, time I was there. No, it they wasn't were there this year. Stuff at the GW booth last time I was there. They had all the special edition characters and stuff. So yeah, it was sad, dude. And considering that they did, they actually did uh, Gen Con announcements this year, where they're like, "Here's new shit that's coming out, dude." Gen Con announcement, and it was just like, but then it was like. There was no weird Forge World. There was no Horus Heresy. There was no, like, uh, oh, buy the shit that you can only buy at fucking uh, Nottingham or right. that place in Texas. A reprint of a really old book. Yeah, there was nothing. It was just like, it was just, it was, it was, it was very disappointing. I mean, I, I mean, the whole, the whole feeling of the con this year was just much more kind of like, you know, it just didn't. At no point was I like, bah! like I gotta get it. You know what I'm saying? That just never happened. Womp, womp. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It was very uh, the, the whole the whole proceeding just felt very kind of hmm. a bummer. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the feeling I kind of got being as observer this year. Just kind of wow. like yeah, because like you know, because I have a bunch of friends that live in Indiana that go to Gen Con. I see their pictures. I see people from out here's pictures. I see other friends I had and it just didn't, I mean, like I, no. I have a, I'm on a slack for people that are, go to Gen Con every year and Maybe I'll check out Origins sometimes. That's in Ohio, right? I got yeah. family yeah. there. So Origins I has got, check some, that out. got some good up, some yeah. good points to it. Origins. I might check it's that been, out next time then because I've done Gen Con. I might like to go to Origins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, again, it just kind of comes down to I fucking did a bunch of, like, kind of marketing of myself while I was there, and we'll just kind of see if anything comes of it while over the next 12 months. And if, you know, if nothing comes of it over the next 12 months, I really can't see spending the money because right. it's so, it's just financially devastating. It as is. A, it's a difficult a, proposition. It is. It is. All right, so uh, let's take a little break, and then when we come back, we're going to do the uh, new segment. We have a new segment on Film and RPG. We're going to do the Ravenous Design Diary, nice. and then uh, we'll do our review of Monster of the Week. What do you think? Sounds yeah, great. Sounds good. Cool. Welcome back to Full Metal RPG. Uh, I think, Adam, you've been doing a lot of uh, stuff with... Uh, oh, wait, The Ravenous. The Ravenous. Uh, the Dev I, Diary first, do you want me to start Yeah, new, uh, new, uh, new segment, bro. No, we're just going right. to continue right. on I, with this. I, yeah, I can't... Yeah. <laughs> We it's are. Okay. It's fine. We are going to do that. This is all fine. Yeah. 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 Um, I have this I have this outline, but when no one else can read it, it's difficult for other people yeah, to know what's on it. Yeah, it's hard to follow along. Yeah. But Ravenous is uh, always of interest, so. Well, I appreciate you saying so, bro. Um, so, when I was at Gen Con, this is really kind of the meat of my Gen Con experience. So, so okay. So, so rewinding just a second. This is Ravenous Design Diary number one. 
This is going to be a new episode. This is going to be a new thing on the show. We're going to do this on every episode. I'm going to talk to you guys about what's going on with Ravenous because we are kind of getting at a spot, like a tipping point where things are really kind of taking shape with that game. And it's I think it's just important for people, you know, who are, have, have an interest in the game to like kind of hear about what's going on with it. Um, so while I was in Gen Con, I hooked up with uh, Mark Diaz Truman and the Magpie crew, and we ran a little play test of Ravenous, and I got some really, really, really great notes on what is going on with that game. Probably, I would say, the best notes that I've gotten since version 0.1 when Richard said, well, this is a really interesting game, but why would anybody play it? Which was like one of the most, which was probably one of the most valuable things. That <laughs> most buzzkilly thing ever said. <laughs> yeah, but it was good. It was really good. It's been a It's been a design principle of mine ever since, which is... Well, some, would somebody actually want to play this? It's like, true. he wrote it above his writer's room door. I mean, I mean, seriously. Why would anyone ever want to play? This? Why would anybody want to play this? Uh, I mean, because seriously, if you write a game that's about like misery, then uh, you're 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 really narrowing your um, your target audience down. And the thing is, is I took a moment and I was like, kind of talking to Sarah Doombringer about the original version. She actually sounded quite interested in it. So. Maybe you know there'll be some kind of playset in the future that kind of brings back some of those older ideas of uh, just punishing role playing. But um, so uh, where we're at now is uh, the the main feedback that I got right now was that uh, there were we 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 play tested four playbooks and um, two of them. Uh, the table really felt like we're really firing on all cylinders and that those ones are pretty much ready to go. And then two of them they felt like we're like what is this isn't focused enough this thing doesn't really work so we're gonna fix those uh that's the storm and the grotesque they didn't feel worked as well as they need to to be published and you know that's fine we're gonna we're gonna fix it so we've already implemented a lot of those changes and then the big the big thing that they came back with was and this and this i gotta say guys it's, it's hard to say this and it was definitely hard to hear it but there are games that make it into print that don't address this issue and their whole thing was well what exactly is my character supposed to be doing right like the game begins what am i doing like what's my like reason for being like what's this game really about you know what i'm saying and they were like you need to find a way to give this game like a sense of urgency like as the game begins stuff is happening like right away um and i i have to admit that like part of my vampire the masquerade like running style has always kind of been a little bit meandery, you know? Like, I, I as, a, as a storyteller, have traditionally been fine letting the game kind of, like, evolve for two, three, sometimes even, like, four sessions before it really takes on a shape. And um, because of the game is written in the way that I run, it has this kind of meandery front end. And they were like, I, they were like, no, it needs to be focused. So, the new, the new thing that I'm working on right now. Um, I mean, well, I will say that this last week, while I was at Gen Con, I basically, I, I one of the reasons I didn't do much gaming is because I spent most of my time in the hotel room writing. <clears throat> so I was really inspired to write. Got a lot of writing done while I was there. And then when I got back to Phoenix from Gen Con, I spent the last week taking those those edits and putting them into the core document. So the next thing that I'm working on is uh, is uh, getting that sort of like tighter focused. It's like locking it down so that like right when you start playing, things are, are happening. And then uh, I also started working on a set of uh, uh, like a, a play set for demos that I'm going to be using when I go to cons and stuff. So I'm thinking about hitting up a gateway at the end of this month. And so if I really, really bust ass, I'm going to be out there in uh, Los Angeles once again at Gateway uh, showing off Ravenous in the uh, Games on Demand room um, with my new with my new uh, work in progress play set. So that's something to look forward to. Um, yeah, but hey, you know, it's very exciting times. The, the, we just put up a Facebook group um, or uh, a Facebook page. page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ravenous. Uh, horror role playing. Just type that in on Facebook. You can find it there. Find uh, find me on Instagram at Ravenous Horror. And then uh, this weekend, my brother and I are putting up a uh, web page so that we can you know keep people. It's gonna have a design diary on it that will have additional additional information. Um, but yeah, yeah. So very exciting. 
it sounds to me, based on my last conversation I had with Mark, like we're getting ready to start creating some deadlines here for this thing to be released. So nice. I'm very, very excited about the direction of that game. And, and, and it was good to have some pushback. I need it. I need the pushback. Anyway, did I interrupt you, Adam? No, you did not. Um, <laughs> but I did want to take a me- second to mention our sponsors. Oh, yeah. We should mention the sponsors, oh, bro. Yeah. Sponsors bro. are... Exalted Funeral, exaltedfuneral.com. The homie Matt Kelly has the new website launched and looks fucking amazing. Yeah, it's really great. So go check out Exalted Funeral. They're restocking. They got all kinds of cool stuff. It's changing daily. So go check them out. Show them some love. Buy some merchandise. Tell them we sent you. I don't know if there's a way to tell them that we sent you when we, you filed the order. But if there is, tell me we sent you. I think, I think there's a notes. <laughs> oh, is there? Okay. Then add it in the notes. Hey, Full Metal RPG sent me. Yeah, you should put that in the notes. That'll be rad. We would appreciate it. And also, the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona on McClintock and Southern, where we do Friday Night Role-Playing Club. Dave and Patty are awesome. We love them. Go check out the Game Depot. They got a bunch of new stuff down there that I was perusing the other day. So, always good to stop in there, buy something, let them know that we sent you. Yeah, Game yeah. Depot, Tempe, Arizona. Cool. Yeah, uh, you know, really, the um, Ravenous uh, Facebook page just, like, completely blew up, and I think that that was largely due to uh, Matt Kelly. And that's it. what reminded me about Yeah, yeah he sent out he sent out <laughs> an invite. He saw that I made it, and sent, I invited him to like it. Then he sent out a subsequent invite, and, like, shit, man. Like, that guy's got some draw. Homies, off to the races. Homie's got pull. All right, so, uh, you know, we're, we got a review, right, Adam? You we do have a wanna, review. You want to review uh, something for us, bro? I am going to review Monster of the Week, a game that I have now played on Twitch TV with our good friends over at Dice Ministry. Check out Dice Ministry. They're rad. They got all kinds of cool actual plays. And a game that I ran at Friday Night Gaming Club at Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. So, without further ado, Monster of the Week is a role-playing game written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions, weighing in at just over 300 pages in digest size, like a lot of these Apocalypse World games are. It's not an insignificant book. The majority of the page count is devoted to Advice for the Keeper, which is what the Games Master is called Monster of the Week. It's powered by the Apocalypse game, so if you're familiar with that system right away, that gives you some notice of what to expect from the game. I recently played in a Monster of the Week one-shot with the exceptional crew over at Dice Ministry, which I've mentioned previously. It's currently available on their Twitch TV channel. I ran my own game at Game Depot. The core book comes in comes with 12 playbooks. They can find more online and in the Tome of Mysteries, a supplement that expands the game and gives you a handful of scenarios to run. The DNA of the game comes from sources such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Dresden Files, Angel, Supernatural, The X-Files, and popular fiction of that nature. The playbooks do a good job capturing the archetypes found in the source material. If you're a fan of those inspirations or of urban fantasy in general you'll likely find things you like in monster of the week monster of the week makes several moves available to the characters the basic moves all setting appropriate the moves are act under pressure help out investigate a mystery kick some ass manipulate someone protect someone read a bad situation and use magic act under pressure and use magic are the most general options available covering a range of actions additionally each playbook gets their own unique class specific moves these cover a wide variety of actions and benefits that tend to be very specific to the playbook that they're in the moves are not always perfect when i ran my mystery a character wanted to break a steel door down wasn't really acting under pressure nor is it kicking some ass auto allowing someone to just break down a fire door in an occupied building didn't quite feel right We ended up rolling acting under pressure, but using tough instead of cool to resolve it. Playbook moves can sometimes be difficult to contend with as the keeper. There was a character in my game with Precognition who rolled really well and ended up, I ended up describing a warm room that was dark and full of webs. The monster's a were spider. Took the players very little time to figure out the monster had a lair in the boiler room of the high school once they had this knowledge. That might have been a failure in storytelling on my part, but it was still something that came up during play and I needed to deal with it in the moment. It helps to deeply understand the playbooks being used before starting up that game to allow you to think things through ahead of time. This would help avoid being surprised by a move that has the potential to give away too much. Luck is another Monster of the Week mechanic, one I simply failed to brief my players on. Sorry, everyone. You can spend a point of luck to instantly turn any roll into a 12 or negate all damage from a wound you've just taken. 
Most playbooks have seven points, and once you spend them, the characters run out of luck and bad things start to happen. This is incredibly overpowered in one shot, so I'm not terribly upset I neglected to go over the mechanic. Monster of the Week gets oddly fussy about gear, which I don't love. On one hand, it says if there's something you might need, you just buy it. On the other hand, certain playbooks make you choose things like having a skateboard versus roller skates or versus a van or owning a multi-tool, all of which seems like things that should fall under the just buy it advice in the introductory paragraph of the gear section with the exception of maybe the van. This is a game with heroism baked into the rules, and it tends towards high action. It's far more Hunter the Reckoning than Hunter the Vigil. With the, or while the monsters can be hero, uh, horrific and terrifying, they never feel overwhelming or very threatening. This may have been a function of having played in a game with seven players and run a game with six players. I'd likely cap my table size at three to four players going forward and work on having multiple scenes of carnage to choose from for when the players break out abilities that let them short circuit the investigation via supernatural channels. The keeper section runs on a bit long for my taste, but I tend to run these games a little freeform. I'm never overly concerned with the tags that get applied to NPCs or settings, nor with following a prescribed escalation path for soft moves versus hard moves. I find those kind of constructs unnecessarily limiting as someone trying to run a game and tell a story. Ultimately, I mostly like Monster of the Week. It's an entertaining game. If you're looking for something lighthearted and fun, you could do worse than picking up a copy. I enjoyed the time I spent with it, and I'll likely return to the game in the future if I need to run a one-shot for a con or a club game or something of that nature. I don't really see myself ever running it as a long-term home game. I can, I can see that. Like my my experience was like my experience when I played it was you kind of had to fall into the tropes for it to work. Like it was if you did anything that was kind of like outside of the, the curve of an episode, you immediately, it, you like you just did, like it just immediately went to the end, right? Where if you didn't like have like high school drama scenes at the beginning, you pretty much had a, 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 you know, a very short game. Right. It requires a lot of, it's driven a lot by player interaction and player conflict, I think versus elaborate on that the, the actual mystery part of it is relatively easy to unravel if you just ro- run the basic move investigate a mystery there's questions in there that are what kind of monster is it what can hurt it things of that nature and you can kind of vague it a little as a gm but if they keep rolling that and they keep asking you that eventually you have to answer it now you said that uh in this game it doesn't instruct you to not name your move. It says to call out your move as you're naming it. it Is that right? In the sample play that they have, sample play sections that you have in that book, they have the quote-unquote player characters going, oh, I'm going to kick some ass and things of that nature. And so in, in the example play, they're saying the name of the move that they're doing. Yeah, I don't like as that. As far as I recall reading and so that was one of those things that was very different from other ppta games in that regard yeah that, the, in my experience that was the thing I, I, I liked about it the least where it felt kind of like what we were doing is we had this playbook that was a menu of buttons that we could mm-hmm. push and we were just kind of like walking forward uh pushing buttons yes. like going like oh uh well i feel like now it's time for me to investigate a mystery now it's time for me to um uh assert or uh what's it called the pressure one. Oh, act under pressure. Act under pressure. Yes. It's time for it, me to act under pressure. It's time for me to kick some ass. And it's just like, you know, just like whenever you saw a challenge, you were just kind of like, uh, what's that kind of look like? Mm-hmm. And then you're just pushing the appropriate button. Right. I did not care for that at all. Yeah. And that's, as far as I could tell, sort of baked into it. I don't know that that was, I'll put it this way. The game that I played in the game I ran both were similar in that regard. I don't. <laughs> I felt like we rolled a lot of dice last night. Did uh-huh. how much dice did you roll when you were on dice ministry? Did you do? Did you make a lot of checks? I personally didn't make very many checks. Did the table make a lot of checks though? The table made a decent amount of checks. I personally didn't make very many checks because I was ju- I had an agenda, and it was to yell Bible quotes at people. Sure, sure. And so that That's was essentially what I came in there for. Well, when you when you played it, Richard, what was your experience with that? Um, I don't think we rolled too much, but I also think that we didn't, 
And this is the thing that I like to do when I'm running PBTA games is I don't give the players the move sheets. Mm, interesting. Because I don't want them saying, oh, it's time to kiss mass. Right, yeah. It's time right. to act under pressure. I was like, I don't want that. So that I don't give them those buttons, especially in a one-shot. Like, And yes, that may be a fix. Mm, yeah, that may help. That, may, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good hack. Um, because that, that gives them, it's like, no. Yes, there's special stuff on your sheet. I want you to get, bring that up. Yeah. But I want you to tell me what you're doing, and then we'll, I'll tell you what to roll. I found right. the special stuff on the sheet much harder to deal with than any of the basic moves right. were. That special stuff on the sheet just really, it was essentially kind of an I win button in a lot of cases, where it's, oh, yeah, the, you rolled you know, poorly, and now the monster captured you. I just have a thing that I can get away. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. That's yeah, I, I, see, I don't know, though, man. I, I, I don't know if I see it that way. I don't know if I see it that way. Hmm. I mean, it's PBTA games run a little bit different than trad games. Like, they don't function the same way. And part of that is, like, this idea of, like, serving the fiction, you know? And it, it serves the fiction for that, that playbook to be able to just be like, I'm running away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and that 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 kind of works. It's kind of anticlimactic. And he wasn't. It was you know he'd been captured, he'd been grabbed, and he just and it wasn't. Oh, I'm described. It's just oh, I have a power panic. Now I get yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like well, how? But, but that's the thing is is I mean I don't know. I almost feel like when you're playing PBTA games, you have to like relearn how to role play in order to use them appropriately. You know, because like a lot of uh, a lot a lot of D and D players, for instance, you know, you you come up on D and D, come in on D and D, and then you like, and then you are like, oh, I fucking rolled to hit it with my sword. I cast fireball. Yeah, I'm just I'm just hitting it with my sword, and and people and people just people say those things, and they don't realize that there's when you get into PBTA that you have this responsibility to like really frame a story and to and to hard frame what you're doing and hard frame what's going on around you, and um. And to really be contributing to the narrative constantly. In every every time you open your mouth, you should be That probably explains a lot of that first scene that devolved into a combat where it was instead of, oh, I'll just move away it was, oh, I'll just kill everything that's in my way because I'm like a big werewolf and that I can do that. I, I my my take to you mm-hmm. when you roll or when you run a PBTA game next is there is this technique called hard framing and it's actually one that like I, I only have learned that this is called hard framing in like the last couple months because I'm like listening to a bunch of podcasts that are about this type of shit but it's something that I actually kind of took on when I ran Vampire because as I said previously years and years decades ago I would run these like super meandering games where I'd be like oh you wake for the evening like what do you do and then I'd like let people describe like endless minutia for hours this is all in the middle of the night by candlelight people are getting sleepy and stuff and then more recently in the last couple of years when I run games I know where I want the game to go, so I will start the game in those scenes. Like, okay, you you have all gathered at this church, and this is what the church looks like, and this is who's there, and this mm-hmm. is what's going on, and we kind of start in media race. And um, PBTA requires you to do that. It requires you to do that. You cannot. You literally cannot just say, oh, so you guys are a bunch of monster hunters. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because if you start doing that, then people start getting they start getting all out in the weeds. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They start they rolling went where I wanted them to, which was to the murder scene, but it was how they decided to approach it that got squirrely fast. Well, I think part of it is like, and this goes back to even Apocalypse World. It, I think Session zero is so important that doing a one-shot is really difficult, almost to the point where you need to kind of describe the relationships the characters have so they have some place to start. Like, because, like... Uh, we did that. Well, and and if you don't have players that are going to be interested in relationships in some way, of getting having some kind of drama sides, it you, you've got buttons you're pushing. Yeah, I don't feel like the relationships were the issue. The issue to me was much more mechanical, I think, just in terms of the the moves that they had on the sheets that were just kind of like, oh, it's a mystery game, but with things that basically just short circuit or 
break the mystery element you, of it. You, you know what I think has worked really well in our group is OSR games. I feel like OSR games have like gone over like fucking gangbusters at Friday Night Role Playing Club at the Noble Hess Friday Night Role Playing Club. <laughs> uh, but I feel like stuff that's a bit more narrative, a bit more free form, has not. I feel like our group down there kind of likes. I mean, and I was talking about this with uh, Mark Diaz Truman, right? Is that is that um, OSR games have a have a they might they might be a sandbox, but there's a there's a I think what he he was calling like it a boundary. They have a boundary, right? And that and that you know immediately when you show up what you're supposed to be doing, you know. Mm. And when he was when he's giving me feedback on Ravenous, is he's like you don't know what you're supposed to be doing in this game, so it's up to the game to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Whereas when you show up to play an OSR game, you know what you're supposed to be doing, which is you're like I have a sword and I need gold and I'm gonna go kill things in order to get the gold and oh look it's some horrible fucking monster. And if you look at the games that are like most popular at the Noble Hess Friday Night Role Playing Club, uh, fucking Mutant Crawl Classics, DCC, fucking Br- Blood Wraith of all fucking things, Low Fantasy Gaming, and uh, and uh, um, Lamentations have all have all been games that have had really, 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 really strong runs. And then the games that try and color outside those boxes. It always is kind of like. I mean, we, we we had Mutineer Zero, which is has some of that same boundary kind of stuff happening. Uh, I mean, when I I felt like Apocalypse World went really well, but it was it was a longer game. We we played for a much longer time, and I think that was the. I think that those kind of games where you have a narrative take a little bit longer to get going if you don't know what you're doing. I, mean, I, I will say I felt like the game Ryland from Dice Ministry ran went much more smoothly and he did a better job with it than I did. Like the, his, How? His game worked better. Why? Uh, I think he understood the concept better and he had a better idea of what he wanted to do with it than I did. Interesting. And then you said that you had kind of uh, another thing, another point about PBTA games in general is they're very tropey. And if you don't understand the tropes, then you struggle. And you said that you're not super familiar with these tropes. No, these. I, I... So here's where, like, my geek card gets shredded. <laughs> no, no one's I've never watched a single card. episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've never watched a single episode of Angel. I've never watched a single episode of Supernatural. I think I've seen one episode of Charmed. I just I don't watch I don't consume that media I don't consume TV shows sure I read a lot of comics and I read a lot of books I just don't I'm not a visual media guy except for movies to a certain degree and even lately I haven't been watching a lot of movies but it's just I don't I don't go in for that kind of stuff and so I'm not well versed in that genre I wonder how you would feel about masks I bet you'd get a lot out of masks. Not like the old cars that turn into other things and, uh, <laughs> from when I was a kid. That's masks. Oh, okay. Sorry. Dot, that, that's the Rocky Dennis S. story. Huh? That's the Rocky Dennis story. I don't know. I don't Shares know. in that. No, no. I'm, you're, no, I'm talking that's about the cartoon mask. where the cars turn into things. Where right. cars turn into other things. They're both masks. This is masks. Okay. Well, no, this is mask with a, let's say, acronym an S, yeah. was, a, was a cartoon. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mask. Anyway, uh, the game Masks by Brendan Conway um, is about teenage superheroes during a teenage superhero team. Oh, yeah. I was going to play that at New Mexicon, and I wanted yeah. to run Kid Punisher. Yeah. You should, <laughs> you, should, uh, you should take a look at it. People do all kinds of interesting stuff with it because you don't have to run, like, uh, Teen Titans. You know, you can, like, run – you can run stuff that's more grim if you want. The tone is going to be set by the table and by the GM, but you should take a look at that one because I think that it, it's definitely going to have more tropes that are like nearer and dearer to your heart. Yeah, because I'd want to run Midnight Suns if I were going to run anything. You also re- uh, read a whole bunch of those dumb Game of Thrones books, right? You read like... Yeah, I mean, I read through five and Blah. I really That's don't have books. any desire to read six. I mean, so. here's the thing is uh, uh, the sword, the crown, and the unspeakable power is kind of a uh, Game of Thrones ish kind of game. 
I don't know that they necessarily succeeded fully in what they were trying to create. However, if you are looking for a, a PBTA game that's tropey, and if that's what it is, it's trying to be those tropes. So that'd be there was prob- that new game that came out that sounded very um, Black Company that I wanted to pick oh, up. Oh, Band of Blades. Yeah, Band of Blades. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, this looks like Black Company. I kind of want to yeah. get this, but yeah. I didn't pick it up. I'll probably end up picking it oh, up. Oh, yeah, I, I love I did Black buy Company. Co- I did buy a it. copy of that. That's right. You should get it. Yeah, so you, you, go back it just and it flies out of my pocket. Jesus, when did you get when did, that just came out? Like, it, it was at Depot. Yeah, yeah. You, had, you didn't list it under your things. You yeah, put, I know. I, I almost bought I, I it. Forgot, just I forgot about it because it just went in the It looked stack. good. <laughs> it looked good. I played it at uh, New Mexico and I thought it was great. It's, it's, it zooms in and it zooms out. It's got all this weird shit in it. It's like very strange. There's like this pool of characters that everybody gets to play, and then there's like one character that you get to play. It's very different from what from like anything else. But if you're a fan of that. Uh, Black Company or Malazan, Book of the Fallen type stuff. On some level, I almost got some kind of weird kind of uh, privateer press uh, Iron Kingdoms vibes off of it. Mm. If you want to do an Iron Kingdoms thing with it, you could. Uh, it's an interesting game. It's a fascinating game. Cool. And, and I think that that Forge in the Dark uh, like system is really hot. It's really, really hot. I would not mind doing a game in that uh, in that system. But I suspect that if I were to try, I would learn that it's full of the same kind of subtlety and nuance that Powered by the Apocalypse has. And holy shit, let me tell you, that's it's been an endeavor uh, learning how to write a Powered by the Apocalypse game. So, so Monster of the Week. That Monster of the Week, guys. Right. Monster of the Week. That's Sick. my review. Cool. Well, it's been a good episode, huh? It Adam, has. Yeah. It's Adam, crazy. You want to take us out, bro? I will take us out. We're Full Metal RPG. Find us on Instagram at Full Metal RPG. We're on the internet, FullMetalRPG.com. Facebook, search for Full Metal RPG. You can email us at FullMetalRPGOfficial at gmail.com or DM us via Facebook or Instagram. Find that's us on the best Patreon. way to get oh yes and find us on thank you Richie Buzzkill find us on Patreon Full Metal RPG we're gonna try to show a little more love to the Patreon coming up here yeah we always say that later we, this we year do we, we do we do we're that's gonna our, do that's our, our, our that's our perennial thing that is our perennial hey, thing we should do a giveaway what Evergreen. should we give away we have a whole bunch of shit to give away we're gonna say it right now you go to your fucking Instagram they're gonna be a giveaway what are we gonna give away are we gonna give away Disciples of Bone and Shadow or are we gonna give away Black Void cause we got both Por que no los dos? I don't know what that means. Why not both in Spanish? Jesus, well, we want to spread it out a little bit. All right, fine. Then we're going to give away Disciples of Bone and Shadow. We're giving away... Join Richie Buzzkill on his adventures. You can compare notes. Yeah, I I need to... uh Find out what happened. Well, actually, I found out what happened in that cave finally. So. Oh, did you just die? Oh, good. No, I, I no, don't, 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 don't yeah. tell. Don't tell. Don't tell. What, what we should do is we should all play some, and then, uh, then we can meet up and discuss one. it. Yes. All right, absolutely. we're going to do that. So anyway... That's us, Full Metal RPG. Thank you, as always, for listening. We love you. Good night. Good night. You didn't do your thing. There you go.